The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for joining us today. With over 10 million downloads and listeners from more than 180 different countries, it's dedicated listeners just like you who have made Negotiate Anything the number one negotiation podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, author, and the proud CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Now, before we get into today's insightful conversation, I have a golden opportunity for those of you who recognize the power of negotiation in your professional lives. Have you ever found yourself wishing that you could navigate those high stakes conversations with more confidence? Or perhaps you're looking to empower your team with the art of persuasion and conflict resolution. At the American Negotiation Institute, we've crafted specialized keynotes and workshops tailored for those very needs. We've transformed the negotiation skills of professionals worldwide, and we're eager to do the same for you. We believe the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and our goal is to help you improve your lives and the lives of those around you one difficult conversation at a time. Don't let another challenging conversation leave you second-guessing. Click the link in the description to discover how we can help you find confidence in conflict, negotiate better deals, and have stronger relationships. Because in the world of business, every conversation counts. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Joey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, man, it's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure thing. So I'm an, I'm an author. I wrote the book, the, the Inner Matrix, and founded a company called Inner Matrix Systems. And we essentially focus on training high performers inside the art and science of, of personal mastery. And we do this by focusing on key three things, uh, essentially training, aligning, and rewiring emotions, thought strategies, and the nervous system, you know, to produce the real life results that, that individuals are after. This is going to be fun. And, and, and long time listeners are probably realizing, yeah, Kwame's going to get excited about this because we're, we're talking about the ma- mastery from the inside out, which I really appreciate. And so listeners, what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to focus on how you can keep your stress under pressure. How can you keep cool in difficult situations? Because as you know, I can give you all these tools. We can have awesome guests come on and tell you the strategies and tactics. But if you fall apart under pressure, we're not, <laughs> we're not prepping you <laughs> effectively. So this is about working on that inner game. And so Joey, can you tell the listeners about your unique background that led you into this? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I started really focusing on performance and personal ve- development. You know, initially because I was in a lot of pain and, and I was really just looking to figure out how to get out of that. I was a, a party animal completely out of control in my later teenage years, you know, halfway through college. Um, and, and was just like, man, I need to figure out how to make life work. So initially I was just looking for like, Hey, what's the formula for, for that sense of like happiness in life, that, that sense of peace and fulfillment? Like what needs to come together for that to happen? Ultimately, it took me to meditating in temples, you know, in India, Thailand, you know, in different parts of the world, uh, start studying with, you know, Harvard trained neurologist, uh, world renowned psychologist in LA. Like basically it had to do with personal development. I was, I was all in. 
And after I'd studied for quite a while, I kind of, kind of got my feet under me and, and really I, I noticed, um, that, that I was not performing, you know, in the way that I knew I could, like, like I was a martial artist and, and I traveled all over the world competing. And something that I noticed was like, I would do really well when, when I was training, you know, I was having fun and very few people would hold their own with me, you know, when I was in the gym and then I would go to compete and there'd be, you know, thousands of people watching me and then I would just fall apart. And it was so frustrating. Uh, because I wouldn't execute on the things that I would literally do all day, every day. And I would have my friends and people come up to me and they're like, dude, you should have like, like, like you had that. Like, I don't understand what happened. Like, like you fell apart. Like that guy's no, nowhere near as good as you. And I'd be like, yeah, thanks for the reminder. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately I like, I was like, man, I need to pay attention to what I train all my clients to do. Cause at the time I was training all these like, you know, CEOs and, and famous actors and actresses and people who are really top performers. And I was like, what am I doing different in tournament than I do when I, when I'm training? And I realized that when I was training, I was literally just having fun. I was happy. I was joyful. I was relaxed. And then as soon as I would go to compete, I'd get this idea in my mind, I got to win. And so now all of a sudden I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm afraid. And all of a sudden, like the things that I literally was doing every day, all day, I couldn't execute on. And so, you know, I basically created a formula where I could turn that on in competition. And that was when I, I started winning consistently. Um, and that led me to three, you know, consecutive world championships. And, and ultimately I did really well, but it wasn't until I dialed my inner game in that I was able to really do anything at all. Oh, this is great. I love this. I love this. And I think everybody can relate to that in, in one way or another. Um, in my first book, Finding Confidence in Conflict, one of the things I talk about was just the, the stress response and how it debilitates people where you struggle to think clearly when it matters the most. And this is also explains why people come up with the best comebacks in the shower. <laughs> like yeah, later yeah, in the exactly. day. Exactly. It's like, it's not that you don't know what to say. It's that in the moment you can't do it because of your mental and emotional state. And Joy, one of the things that you said that I really liked is that you, you found this formula. And the reason I like the term formula was because there's nothing magical about a formula. It's not, uh, some kind of mystical type of thing. You didn't, um, you weren't enlightened in some kind of uh, really metaphysical type of way. This is something that people can replicate. So tell us more about the formula you discovered. Yeah. So I really like, like ultimately, you know, I was training, as I said, um, high performers in, in, in just about every area you can imagine. And ultimately I was teaching everybody the same thing. And if, and if I were to break it down very simply, it was really like, Hey, let's pay attention to where we are. Let's, let's get centered and then let's align ourselves in, in the way that we need to, to, you know, essentially, um, you know, get the result and the outcome that we're looking to create. And, and if we can get good at, at those three steps, then, then we really become extremely powerful. And the reality is if, if we're not getting the results we want, um, it's because we're doing something other than, than those things. Okay. All right. So let, let's just knock these out. Um, all like one, two, three. So the first one you said is get centered. What does that mean? Yeah. Great question. So you know, um, similar to what you were speaking of before, if we ask a simple question, right? Like, like, how am I feeling in this moment? It really does come down to emotion because, because that tells us where we are neurologically. And so a lot of people, they get kind of esoteric with the idea of it. And, and we think of fear-based state 
and, and people sort of, you know, tune out around that term. Um, but basically that means our fight or flight mechanisms in the brain are on. And what a lot of people don't connect is that fear-based states include sadness or anxiety or just, you know, a sense of mild stress or overwhelm, uh, or anger or, or, or frustration. And so anytime any of those fear-based states are active, essentially, even if we're a very intelligent person, we go in that fight or flight response and, and basically our faculty shut down. We lose access to critical thinking and creative thinking. And so if we start to know, like where we are emotionally, it tells us where we are neurologically. And so basically what it tells me is that I'm not ready to perform right now. And so if we can calm those, uh, those fight or flight mechanisms in the brain, get out of, you know, a, a basically an overactive sympathetic nervous system response and get centered, right? Get the parasympathetic nervous system working for us and get inside of an intelligent state, a love based state, such as peace, anxiety, you know, passion, inspiration, fun, joy, etc. You know, basically what that indicates is like, hey, we're ready to perform right now. Uh, we're ready to sort of execute at our best. We're ready to learn. And when those states are active in us, we have access to critical thinking, creative thinking, and intuition, which are essential for performance in any area of life. So if we want to like nail it with our kids when we're, when we're driving to school and, and not lose it when they're kind of bickering in the back seat, you know, or we're going into a meeting and we're a top executive for a Fortune 100 company or something like that, and you know, we're, we're going to be presenting to 5,000 people you know, both of those situations, even though they seem like they, they have nothing in common from a nervous system perspective, positioning ourselves to perform is exactly the same. And the more consistently we can perform at our best with the kids in the backseat of the car, the more we have the aptitude to do it when life really matters. And we're going to give that big presentation or whatever it might be. As, as you say this, every parent just shuddered like the kids in the car, Joey, of all the things <laughs> to bring up. Now everybody's suffering from the PTSD of that. But yes, th this is great. And I, I love that you brought in the example of the, the CEO giving a big speech uh, to 5,000 people because that's something that we can, Im we can see the person on stage. We can see the, con the, the consequence of his poor performance just on the, the business, but also on the person's social status. I mean, that's, that's heavy. That's very heavy. But I love that you brought that correlation to the, the everyday experience that people can, can relate to. The kids in the back of the car, right? The, the colleague at work who is stressing us out, who gave us something late that we need to do now. Their problem is now your problem, right? We can all, we can all relate to these types of challenges. And tell me if I'm on the right track here, because it seems like what we can do is if we learn to master this process in the our everyday circumstances using this formula, it puts us in a much better position to master these processes when it matters the most. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like sports, you know. It's like if we play a sport, like if you're a baseball player, or you and I were talking a little bit before, right? We were kind of into martial arts, or a tennis player, or golfer, right? Like no matter what your sport is, you know, people spend a lot of time, you know, basically getting the basic techniques down so that it becomes a reflex. And you know, you're not going to try to get your basic techniques down when you're in the golf tournament, right? You're going to go to the driving range when it doesn't really matter, and you're going to swing that club, you know, a thousand times to hopefully 
really get that reflex down. And then when it matters, you know, hopefully it's there for you, right? And so it's the same thing. If we can manage our nervous system just on a regular daily basis, and the more consistently we do that, the more likely we're going to be able to, to nail it when it matters, when there's a high stress situation in front of us or, or where performance is demanded of us. And if we're not practicing the techniques, uh, so that they become reflexive, well, then when it comes to, you know, a high impact situation, there, there's just no way we're going to be able to execute and succeed. And so it really begins with, you know, step one, like, where are we? And then, and then step two is like, how do we calm that down if we're not in an optimal state, right? We got to have the technique. We have to have the toolkit for that. Hello, my friends. Before we get back to today's episode, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered how to elevate your team's negotiation game and how you can help the folks on your team have better, difficult conversations? At the American Negotiation Institute, we offer transformative keynotes and workshops tailored to empower professionals with top-tier negotiation and conflict resolution skills. Whether it's a keynote for your next event or hands-on training for your team, we've got you covered. Don't just negotiate master the art with the American Negotiation Institute. Click the link in the description to find out more. Elevate, negotiate, and succeed. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Because, and it sounds like this question will kind of push us to number two, because one of the things that you said is when we're in a fear-based state where it's the traditional idea of fear, but also sadness and anxiety, that can diminish our performance. But we need to move more towards a love-based state, like you said, which is more of uh, something that we would recognize as positive joy, that type of thing. And when it comes to it, theoretically, I can understand, okay, that's a better place to be in. But in the moment, if I'm mid freak out, how do we transition from that <laughs> mental state of fear to love? What does that look like? Yeah. So just like anything, right, we could break it down and, and get very comprehensive around like the techniques, the strategies, the execution. But if we, if we just keep it very simple so that it's something that we can all practice and start getting good at, you know, right off the bat, um, it really comes down to initially awareness and breath, right? Like whether I'm working with a top CEO, um, of, of a company, an entrepreneur, you know, a pro athlete, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm working with, you know, a stay at home mom or dad. Uh, the technique is really the same because our nervous systems are all the same. And so, you know, what it really begins with is like, Hey, where am I? And, and if I notice that I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling despair or I'm feeling overwhelmed or just mild stress, it, it's just simply acknowledging that, right? Like, Hey, in this moment, 
uh, I'm in a fear-based state. My, my nervous system is not performing at its best, right? Don't blame, don't criticize yourself, right? Don't blame the parents. It, it, it really is just a nervous system conditioning. So step one is, is do your best to just acknowledge where you're at. And, and without judgment, right? Like, Hey, in this moment, uh, I'm a bit stressed in this moment. I'm angry in this moment. I'm frustrated, right? In this moment, I'm, I'm sad. Like all of it's okay. And then step two is, is bring attention to, to, to breath. And, and one of the simplest breath techniques, uh, that I know that I literally teach people all over the spectrum is, is very simple. We could even all do it together here in a minute. And you just simply touch the tongue, uh, to the roof, the palate of your mouth and then relax the body. Step two. And you just go ahead and you take a deep breath in through the nose. Very important. The nose, not the mouth, because we tend to take a deeper breath in through the nose, maybe four or five seconds in. A slight pause, hold the breath at the top, and then a four or five second exhale, pause, hold at the bottom. And then we'll just repeat that, breathing in through the nose, two, three, four, pause, hold at the top, exhale out through the nose, two, three, Four, pause, hold at the bottom. And, and if we can remember, I call that the four-sided breath, tongue touching the palate of the mouth. If you just relax the body and you breathe, you know, it, it's like it, it, a lot of people, even just two breath cycles, or some people might be continuing it, which is great. You start to notice that the nervous system calms down. Stress starts to calm down. We start to sort of chill out a little bit. And the idea is you want to kind of find that place where you feel a bit relaxed or, or maybe like a peaceful euphoria might come over you at a point in time if you practice it regularly. And that's where that nervous system shifts, right? We go from that sympathetic nervous system mode to a parasympathetic nervous system mode. And that's an indication that, that my brain changed, right? My prefrontal cortex is active, which means I'm, I'm inside of creative thinking and critical thinking. Intuition is working on my behalf now. And I've stepped out of those fight or flight mechanisms in the brain. And so basically now it tells me I'm ready to think I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to go. And so just like that golf swing, right? If we practice that breath and you do it even just five minutes a day, like first thing, when you wake up, I always try to get my clients to do 20 minutes a day, but that tends to be a lot for people in the beginning. So like three to five minutes a day, what happens is then when you need it, when you're in the car with the kids or you're you know about to go in that big meeting or your boss is like, dude, where's X, Y, and Z? And you're like, oh, I forgot about that or whatever it is. You know, then we can just touch the tongue to the palate of the mouth, inhale, pause, exhale, pause. And by the time we get to the bottom of the exhale, you know, the nervous system has changed. Now, mm. in order to do that real time during high stress situations, we got to practice it a little bit and sort of get good at our swing, right? If you're a golfer, you kind of practice your golf swing. So the more we practice that breath, the, the better equipped we're going to be to center ourselves when life comes at us, when life is happening around us. There is so much goodness to cover here. Where do I start? So let's just go with the, in the order that you gave us. So awareness and breath. One of the things that you said that I thought was brilliant is the fact that you said it's okay. It's okay. So we have this, these feelings, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. And what ends up happening a lot of times is we resist it. We resist it. I feel this way. I need to stop it. And we try to force our way to in, into a better mental state, which studies have demonstrated does not work. It's that you cannot force yourself to feel better in that way. And so I, I think back to um, Viktor Frankl. He wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. 
Um, he was a psychologist who was in um, Auschwitz um, in uh, World War II during the Holocaust. And so one of the things that he said that he would help people do when it came to his, his clients that he would work with was called um, opposite intention. So he was talking about a, a client who would actually sweat a lot and nothing could stop him from sweating. But he's encouraged the client to actually try to start sweating more. And when you start sweating, just try to force yourself to sweat more. And like the opposite intention actually caused them to calm down. And so what's interesting is it's a, it's a counterintuitive approach because you feel these, this fear, this anxiety, and you want to force yourself out of it. But really what you're showing is that the, the way to get past it is to accept your current state. Ah, uh, yeah, I am afraid and I'm afraid because of this. And that is completely okay. And just by doing that, that helps you to overcome that, which is really important. And then with the breathing technique, this, um, the, I, I think in the military, it's called box breathing or tactical breathing. Um, people in the military use it to calm down, but I love the addition of using your tongue and putting it on the top of uh, the roof of your mouth. And tell me if I'm right on this. I believe that creates vagal nerve stimulation, which calms people down too. I think that's that's something that I, I studied in the past, but I think that's a really brilliant addition because it creates some tactile stimulation, which brings you more into the moment and outside of your head, which is really great. And then the last thing is essentially I'm going to, you know, dumb it down and then try to elevate it back up. It's uh, essentially what we're realizing is that your happy place is wherever you go. Because if you start to get really good at this, you can calm yourself down and practice calming yourself down. So then you start to do this in private just day to day. But then when it matters most, you can find that place of stability and calmness wherever you happen to be. And I love the just a little thing that you said too. You calm yourself down and then you're ready to go. And so you, you take your time. If you're not ready to go, you slow it down. And meditation was something that was really tough for me for a very long time because I'm always like putting pressure on myself to be busy and get stuff done. And so I came up with this, this little saying. Um, it's not true, but I know it helps me. I, I say that, um, time stops when I meditate. Time stops when I meditate. There's always time to meditate. And you know, okay, if I, if I need to meditate, I'm going to stop right now and get it done. And then I, I will start time again when I'm ready to go because that's much better than having a, a bad performance because you forced yourself when you didn't need to. Yeah, that's right on track. Exactly right. That's a perfect good uh, summary of, of, of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Right. Like, and Victor Frankl, like that's one of my favorite dudes, like that, the book man's search for meaning incredible. It's one of those that I read every year, such an, yeah. an inspirational story. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like emotion, something that I've learned over time is, and, and, and if we start paying attention to this, right, when we're stressed or we feel overwhelmed, um, a lot of times we think it's, it's a, it's because of our environment. It's because of the situation that's going on, you know, or, or, or some dynamic that's occurring in our life. And if we pay attention and we kind of stop for a moment and, and we start to just witness and ask a question like, Hey, what was I thinking about just there? What, what was mm. the mind focused on when I was feeling that anxiety? And what, what I have found is that anxiety or stress or overwhelm is typically actually, it's not a byproduct of what's actually occurring, even when situations and circumstances are extreme, right? So like I used to, you know, be a competitive martial artist. I still train to stay fit today, but I don't, you know, get in the ring anymore and, and actually compete. Um, but it's interesting because like when I used to go to tournament, um, and I used to get in a ring with a guy, you know, there'd be a lot of stress there. But when I was training, 
um, you know, I would be doing, you know, the exact same activity and it was just as intense because, you know, you're, you're sparring or you're grappling or somebody's trying to put you in arm bar and flick pain on you. You know, they're trying to choke you out. And, and there are very few situations that are more stressful than that, right? Not being able to breathe because the guy's trying to literally keep you from breathing, right? And what I noticed is that when I was at the dojong and I was training, even though it was just as intense as competition, I was never worried. I was never anxious. I was never stressed. I was never angry. And, and you know, I was having a good time. But then when I go to compete, it's like all of a sudden I'm stressed out. I'm panicked. I'm overwhelmed. Anxiety's there. And I'm like, what is, what's the difference here? Because I, you know, well, number one, the, the environment is just as intense. And in some ways, like my martial arts mentor was more intense than any tournament because when we were like closed door students, like he'd shut the door, he'd lock it. And like we knew it, like, like it was going to, like, sessions were about to go down, right? And like, he'd be yelling at us and doing all the things, you know, preparing us for tournaments. So in many ways, training was more intense than any competition I ever showed up at. And I always think like, why is it different? And what I, what I ultimately realized, and I would be prepared for tournament and I would lose every time I would lose, I would lose, I would lose. And when I would perform at the dojong, when I was performing in training, I would perform really well. And, you know, I would, I was usually one of the better athletes. And I, and I paid attention. I said, well, what am I focused on? Like at the, at the, at the gym, you know, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm having fun with my buddies. You know, I'm joyful. I'm just literally focused on having a good time. And, and I'm focusing on, you know, just executing the technique, right? It was like a chess match. But then when tournament came around, my focus changed. I was focused on, I need to win. I can't lose. You know, what if I disappoint my teacher? And, and all of a sudden there's a ton of anxiety there. There's a ton of stress there. There's a ton of overwhelm and all of a sudden fears there, which then kept me from executing and performing the way I did at the dojong. And so literally what I did was I strung these techniques together where I would, you know, notice I was anxious. I noticed the fear would come up. The environment changed a little bit because I had a thousand people watching or whatever it was in the audience. Right. And so then I would use that breath technique. And I would literally close my eyes for just a minute and imagine myself at the dojong, you know, in training session with my buddies. And as soon as I felt that sort of just fun and inspiration and, and just sort of like camaraderie, then I would execute in the, in the tournament. And that's when I finally began to perform well and actually win was because I managed my state. And so if we ask that question where we feel something, it's like, Hey, where's the mind going? Cause usually the anxiety and, and the stress or the overwhelm is a byproduct of what we're thinking, not what's going on in our environment. And, and that's an important distinction because if we think it's due to what's going on in our environment, we oftentimes can't change that. But we can always change what we're thinking in the moment if we, if we are aware of, uh, if we're aware enough to do so. Right. And so, you know, uh, if, if, you know, for me, emotions are not informing what's happening, but rather emotions are great because they're just a different language, right? They're informing where I'm at. And so if I'm, if I'm feeling anxious or I notice I'm feeling overwhelmed or sad, it's telling me that my mind is focused in a certain way. And it's just sort of giving me that healthy nudge to refocus my attention. And so once we kind of breathe in center, now we've just got to refocus attention in a way that's going to align with the outcome that we want. And if we're with the kids in the car, it might be refocused to, hey, I want to show them love and, and compassion. I want to teach them something. I want to educate. You know, if it's career and work, it's like, hey, how can I be helpful here? How can I, you know, create the outcome that I want to produce? Like what's the, what's the strategy for making that happen? And, and so it's a bit of a redirect. Yeah. Oh, this is good. This is so good because one of the things I like about this, Joey, is that it's empowering. If I would summarize that in one word, I would say it's empowering because people are recognizing now that, hey, 
my emotional state. I'm not, I'm not a slave to my emotional state. I can actually gain some level of control if I have the right perspective. And so then it almost becomes a game. What is the right perspective for this particular conversation or this particular interaction? And I know for me, one of the things that helped me was, um, like for instance, as a father, I have a six year old and a nine month old right now. And so kids, do things that are annoying all the, all the time. And, and so instead of being upset about like what they're doing, and I just started to say, listen, Kwame, your job is to be a loving father, period. Their job is to be the kids, which involves doing things that upset you frequently. And so yeah. the game is you can't get upset. They're doing your their job. You need to do yours. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Oh, you spilled this on my clothes? This is great. I have a meeting. Oh, of course. That's cool. You know, I, <laughs> I'm not going to scar you for life in this, you know. I'm going to change my clothes and get over it, right? It, it helps. Yeah. And I recognize in my difficult conversations in the business world as a lawyer, negotiating with opposing counsel, as a mediator, and just like day-to-day -day with like clients and as a consultant, I can keep my cool really well. It, it takes a lot to shake me in the business world. But the more personal the relationship gets, the faster I am to lose my cool, get all flustered, and um, lose all of my training. And so what I started to do in that situation is I started to say, okay, Kwame, you coach people on this. You're a consultant as a negotiator. If you were your own client, what would you tell you to do and say in this situation? It's like, oh, okay. And then it turns into almost like a chess game where I am the chess master and the chess piece. I tell myself more objectively what to do. But what those examples show is that the solution when it comes to shifting your perspective is going to be different in different circumstances. You just need to take the time because and, and figure it out because there is an answer. But again, it starts back to self-awareness. What was I thinking in the moment? What is a more empowering way of looking at it? And that's just a really simple way to get a little bit more calm under pressure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it reminds me of like like skiing, right? It's like I, I always look out when I go to ski and I go, what are the conditions, right? And if it's like a little bit of overcast, you know, you put in the lens that's a bit more see-through. And if it's a bright sunny day, right, you put in a little darker lens to kind of manage the conditions. And so it's the same same kind of idea, right? It's like um, emotions are trained, right? So if we wake up and and like we wake up to anxiety every morning, which is like a lot of people, they just wake up anxious every day. And they're like, why do I wake up anxious? Well, we don't realize it. Well, it's because we're trained in that. Right. Like the more we allow mm. ourselves to be in that anxious state and, and it's not a judgment. Like I understand, like if we don't know how to train emotion or make that shift, then we're just kind of, you know, caught where we are. But once we learn that, that emotions are, are a reflex, right? Emotions absolutely can be conditioned and trained if we use the right techniques, the right toolkit, then we can go, Oh, I'm, it's an anxiety isn't what I want to execute on, right? I want to execute, you know, from a calm place. Like you were talking about in business, like somewhere that got trained, right? Like somewhere you developed that ability to do that. And then the more you practiced it, the more you could go there. The more, the more easily, you know, we, we could, we could get there. Right. And so it's like, for me, like if we really get great uh, at harnessing our, our emotional intelligence in the realest sense, in the most practical way, it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to a martial arts tournament or, or I'm going to go to the gym. Hey, I need, I need passion here. I need, I need a sense of empowerment and strength. And if I'm going out on a date with my girlfriend, it's like, Hey, maybe, maybe those aren't the best qualities to bring to dinner, right? They might just irritate the crap out of her, which, which they would if I, if I, when I bring that to, to our date night, right? It's like, no, no, no. Now we need to be, you know, calm and, you know, you know, sensual and, and compassionate and loving 
loving and open. And, and so it's like the better we get at sort of training certain ref- emotional reflexes, the better we can get at sort of putting the right lens on, you know, depending on the environment we're about to be in so we can perform optimally. First step is just like, Hey, I'm in that fear based state. Let's get to a love based state and notice where we're at. And then the more advanced levels of this, you know, is like, Hey, what is the, what's the emotional blueprint that I want to train based on what I'm doing and where I'm executing? You know, when I get on stage in front of 400 people at the events that I lead, you know, that's a, that's a different thing. I always bring inspiration and love there, um, in terms of the, the experience that I want to be inside of. And so it's kind of like you can, you can start to develop your technique, um, based on the outcome you want to get in the life, the, the life situation that you're engaging in most frequently. Oh, Joy, I love this. This is really good. This is really good. And I, I know listeners are saying to themse- themselves, like, wow, this was a lot. It was really good, but this was a lot. <laughs> so so for those listeners who, who want to get on this journey of being able to control their emotions, develop better emotional reflexes, I love that term, by the way, um, what would you say is should be their starting point on this journey? Yeah. So, you know, again, I think, I think executing those, those techniques that we just talked about is a, is a great beginning, right? Just asking the question, like, where am I on a regular basis? Tuning into how you feel. Don't judge it. Just notice that it's informing you about where you are, less what's happening. Number two, breathe that four-sided breath. See if you can chart managing your nervous system through that. And then step three, hey, what's the focus? How can I align with whatever's going on in my life so that I, I, I take action from an empowering place? I'm bringing the best lens to the situation that I, that I possibly can. Um, and I wrote a book, the, the inner matrix. If people want to kind of do a deep dive and check out the science behind this stuff. And it's also like a little bit of a how to manual, um, to get inside of, of inner training, emotional training in a, in a very direct way. Um, you know, they can go to the innermatrix.com and, and, and grab it there. And, um, you know, it's 10 bucks cover shipping and handling. I'll send you that book. Oh, that's great. Joey, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. It was great. Congratulations. You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.